On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. I have been mentioning Leo Varadkar's meeting in the Oval Office with Joe Biden last St. Patrick's Day two days ago. God, is it only two days ago? Doing a lot of transatlantic flying since then. Um, Joe, Leo Varadkar, been a long day. Leo Varadkar uh, was not the only Irish leader, though, to sit down in the Oval Office with Joe Biden because Joe Biden also, very unusually, sat down with the leaders of the five major parties in Northern Ireland to discuss exactly what's going on there and what might be needed to try and get the institutions in Stormont up and running. One of the people who was in that meeting was the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou Macdonald. I met her in the steps of Capitol Hill just after the Speaker's luncheon uh, thrown by the Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, and just before she went back to the White House uh, to meet with Joe Biden. So I started the interview by asking her exactly what she expected Joe Biden to say and what she planned to say to him. Well, um, I mean, the president has taken a very deep and ongoing interest in Irish affairs, as we know, and... At the moment, we are uh, presented with a huge opportunity to get the Assembly and the Executive in the North back up and running. I will be telling uh, the President that we are ready, uh, willing and able uh, for that to happen. Um, and hopeful that others, particularly the DUP, will embrace the deal that has been struck, accept that the negotiation is over and get back to work. I imagine that'll be one of the key talking points of our meeting. I understand that he's having the same parallel meeting with Jeffrey Donaldson yeah. as well. Um, Jeffrey's made pretty clear that he wants time for the party to reach its own accords. Is it helpful to have someone else, even if it is the President of the United States, perhaps leaning on him, trying to encourage him to one conclusion? I don't know that it's it's a case of leaning on anyone. I mean, we have all been partners in this uh, enterprise for a very, very long time. The Irish government, the British government, the political parties the United States of America and Europe. This has been a very long-running saga, Gavin. So uh, I think it is to be expected, uh, in fact, that everybody with an interest in the success of our peace process would have a strong view and a strong appetite uh, for for politics and leadership to resume again. Um, Obviously, the, the DUP have said they need some time. I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, But I also know that uh, the deal has been struck, the clarity that they require, and and we have some points of clarification ourselves that we'll be seeking out, but we can do that work whilst having a functioning assembly and a functioning executive. We're more than nine months out now from the election last May, and uh, people know themselves what they have lived through, a cost of living crisis, real problems in the health service, and people expect very reasonably, I believe, that those they elect are actually back at work. Uh, just separately, you mentioned the time that the DUP might need. Um, the British government has also called a vote in the House of Commons, I think for next Wednesday or sometime in the middle of the week, um, to ratify what is effectively the framework in the statutory form. Um, there might also be a perception that that is unhelpful timing because it would force the DUP's members of parliament to making a decision that they might not be comfortable making but, so soon. Gavin, like there has to be a, a sense of reason and rationality here. The world can't stand still. Like... We have to get on with things and remember the issues around the protocol were subject to a a negotiation between London and the European Commission. Those were the negotiating parties. They have struck their deal and they will now ratify their deal. So really 
there is no excuse now remaining if there ever was one for the DUP not to go back in and not to work the power sharing institutions. We know that Joe Biden is going to be visiting uh, both ends of the island uh, sometime next month. Would it be a bit of a dampener on the visit if he's coming to mark the Silver Jubilee of a landmark agreement and the institutions that were envisaged by that yeah, are well, still in well the base? Yes, it would. Not alone that, it would be a, a, an incredibly foolish lost opportunity I mean the eyes of the world at this point in time are on the north of Ireland there is huge you can see it here huge international goodwill uh, a huge uh, appetite for progress for investment we have a an envoy appointed now by uh, President Biden, Joe Kennedy. He's doing a huge amount of work. He'll be in Ireland. Everybody wants to be helpful. Everybody wants to make progress. So why would you blow that? Why would you pass that opportunity by? Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, the DUP, that Jeffrey Donaldson and his colleagues uh, will do the right thing. I'm hopeful that they will make clear uh, sooner rather than later what their intentions are and that we would have functioning uh, a functioning executive and assembly uh, for the marking of the anniversary of the the Good Friday Agreement, 25 years of peace, but also for, for any visit by the President. Um, nobody wants it to come to this, but if Geoffrey and his colleagues decide that what they've got is not good enough to go back to restore power sharing, in truth, is devolution dead? Well, I, I refuse to be anything other than optimistic. Determined optimism is, is where I'm at. I don't countenance that. The reality is that we have to share power. The reality is we all live together on a small island. Uh, communities in the north of Ireland need, deserve and want government and proper political representation and leadership. And there's no dodging that. That's just an immutable fact. So uh, I would urge again that the DUP seek their clarity by all means. That's entirely reasonable. But let's get the Assembly back up and running and let's get Michelle O'Neill back in leading that executive. Uh, and finally, before I move on from this, um, Jeffrey has been here in Washington talking about still other issues that might require not his words but tweaking do you think that there is scope to go back and make some no, yeah. small adjustments or is what's on the table now I, I, I that's it the, the negotiation is over I mean there, there are two parties to the negotiation London the London government and the European Commission and they have made very clear that their negotiation is over. The Prime Minister, the British Prime Minister has made that clear. So has the European authorities. Now it's a question of ratifying the deal and from an Irish perspective of people getting back to work. Okay. Um, yourself and Michelle O'Neill and the leaders of the other four large parties in Stormont are all here for the, the year that it's in it. Um, but you're often here on St. Patrick's Day anyway. You're a regular guest at yeah. the Capital Lunch that we've just been coming out from. Um, what is it that somebody who is the leader of a party that isn't in government does on a, on a week like this? Who are you meeting? What are you doing? Yeah, well, it's it's been it's it's hectic. Everybody is here, and it's a, a fairly unique opportunity for uh, us to get time with key influencers um, here in the United States and to talk about Ireland. To we talk, we talk a lot about the peace process and and progress on that, but there's also a, a big conversation about the Irish economy, north and south. Uh, about the fact that Ireland has such a young population, that we have such incredible productivity rates, that we that we innovate, and that there is uh, the the huge potential that exists on the island. We also have uh, a lot of uh, Irish people living here in the United States. We've got a huge uh, Irish family right across this. 
country. So culturally, there there's all of those conversations. So it's busy. I can tell you when you hit uh, Washington DC on mm. this week, it is go mm. go go. And you, I think it's very very valuable work. Just one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that though is that you know I've I've been here and I've seen you do these engagements and I've seen the present Taoiseach and the previous Taoiseach, and sometimes it's jarring because ordinarily when I'd see you and Michal Martin in the same room in Dublin, it's in the dull chamber and yeah. you're not always on the same page or something. Yeah, and sure. over here, then it seems like it's a, a very different dynamic that you're seen as being on the same side of a fight. We are. We this is Team Ireland. This is this is about the the national good. It's about what's right for the country. It's about our small uh, island. Um, really punching its weight uh, internationally. Those relationships are really, really important. Relationships across the Atlantic, uh, uh, relationships down into the Southern Hemisphere, into uh, Australia. It's very important for us to thrive and to succeed, that we maintain very, very strong international relationships. And of course, political leaders from across all uh, persuasions will be united in that. I think that's a really good thing and a necessary thing. Okay. Uh, Just ask you about domestic issues for a couple of minutes. Um, you're bringing a private member's motion uh, in the Dáil and she's the night voted on Wednesday looking for the evictions ban to be extended until the end of January. It's a non-binding motion so really it's just a bit of parliamentary theatre isn't it? Oh it's much it's, it's, there's nothing theatrical about this this is a most most serious situation and for the life of me I cannot fathom how or why the government is proceeding in this way. It's very clear now, that because the local authorities have made clear that they don't have emergency capacity. Uh, the Residential Tenancies Board has given us the figures for the last three months uh, of last year, uh, almost 5,000 uh, notices uh, to quit. So this is a really, really worrying time for so many families, working families, you know, who pay their taxes, pay their bills, they're doing their best for their families and, and so many of them will face just a nightmare scenario. But, but it's an and, unbinding and nobody, motion so you can't force the government and, and nobody in government can answer the simple question that we have asked repeatedly, where do these families go? There is no answer to that. So we're bringing forward our motion. We are the opposition, not government. We use... Uh, every mechanism available to us to uh, to exert pressure. And can I say this, there is still time for government to do the right thing. And uh, I believe that now that they have full and complete information and they know that there is not uh, the emergency capacity, the, the government needs to row back on this. They, they simply need to reverse this decision. We know that there are some on the government backbenches who are quite uneasy about what the government is doing. What is your message to them to get on board with you? Well, uh, my, my message to them is simply to, to just listen to the reaction from right across society. Forget the even the political view of this. Listen to the voices and the stories that all of us have heard. And and really, the full focus of attention has to be on those individuals and families who are now faced with what all of us know would be a nightmare scenario for any family. Buy a bit more time, get some more breathing space, and then for God's sake, let's change tack and really get to grips with this housing emergency. Let's treat it as the emergency that it is. Pull out all of the stops and ensure that we don't need an eviction ban in perpetuity. We accept that it's a, it's a, uh, it's an interim measure, but it's it's just a necessary thing at well, this. Well, time. Just very finally on that note, that if you accept that it has to be an interim measure, that it can't be indefinite, then what is gained by extending it out until the end of January? Time. Won't you still be kicking people out after no, Christmas? No, no. Time is gained. Time is gained at a minimum. The government should have had in place enough emergency capacity 
to enable the lifting of a, of the eviction ban. They didn't do that work. They now need to buy extra time. They need to get cracking, um, and they need to to ensure that that provision uh, is there. It, it is actually as simple as that. Marilyn McDonald, the leader of Sinn Féin, speaking to me in Washington on Friday, just ahead of her meeting at the White House with Joe Biden. Um, if you're wondering, by the way, about the squeaking that you heard a couple of times in that audio, um, that's literally the security ramps at the gates of the Capitol building uh, rolling up and down to allow Joe Biden's security motorcade to leave. Um, that is literally how, how fresh out of the room she was and how uh, the remnants of the motorcade were still on site at the time. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.